what's good, y'all? It's your girl, Chanae Ogwemeke. And I am Lisa Leslie. I am the mentor, she's the mentee, and you guys are front and center. Lisa, what's good? How's your week going? You know what, Janae? This has been an interesting week of uh, of work and a little bit of fun for me. I've uh, I found so here's the one thing. One, I've been doing uh, a lot of uh, TikToks, as you know, and Instagram stuff for the uh, Fashion Nova brand, which um, now they have a tall line. So I'm really happy to be uh, a Fashion Nova partner right now. That's fun. That's cute. And thanks to we got to give a shout out to. Megan Thee Stallion, of course, because her influence on Fashion Nova has allowed us to have a tall line. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've also found, um, have you heard of the Clubhouse? Have you heard of that? Is that where people go and you can have conversations with people that are really cool? Yes. So I've really been enjoying the Clubhouse app. I'm very new, but um, it's really cool. It's kind of like, it's almost like going into... Um, it's almost like turning a radio station and getting to the station that you feel like you find interest in and you want to listen in on conversations. And then there's ways you can kind of raise your hand and participate, or you can be like the hostess with the mostess and start your own group, which is something that I'm really looking forward to doing. So uh, we have to talk about it, but you know what else would be kind of cool. I was thinking with our, you know, with our podcast, I know this is our last episode for season one, but uh, might be kind of cool for us to to join a room and create a room and, and continue our chats. But the biggest, I think the biggest impact on it is that it's live, right? So mm-hmm. you and I talking, we could still have our normal conversations, but people could chime in if we allow them to. Um, we could ask them questions and they could answer. So I think it's really cool. I uh, hope you get a chance to join it. I'll send you an invite so you can join Yes. Up. Please send me. I've heard of it and I'm totally down. We should go get a room popping. You know what I'm saying? Go get a room popping like front and center right here for y'all. Yes. <laughs> and you know what's hilarious? I I was so excited for that Meg the Stallion tall line, tall fashion yes. line. I got four pieces. I got four pieces from it. Yes. And they're awesome. But, but mm. I got them and I wore them. And I was like, okay, like there's one that I thought like, okay, this really rocks with me. The other is my little sister snatched. So it's funny. Uh, We all wear the same size and this was for the holidays. And so I just recently saw them. They're like, oh my gosh, you got this. And some of my little sisters tried it. And I was like, oh, this kind of like, I get it. Like the patchwork jeans, they kind of do look like my baby sister, Erica. So I had to part ways with mine out of love, but I did um, get the line and I was super excited because it's like, you see 36 inch inseam. I'm like, that is for me. That is mine. So it's so cute. Yeah. I have to I'll have to, we have to have another conversation about more stuff with the tall clothes and hoping that we can uh, inspire these young people out here. Cause you know, it is rough in these streets when you get a six foot and over and trying to find jeans that's long mm-hmm. enough and sweaters and sleeves on your, on your blouses. So um, yeah, Fashion Nova is really coming through. I'm really excited to be partnering with them. Yeah. That's so tell really me dope. what's Keep- been going on in your week. Oh, me? Shoot. You've been in out on any boo dates anymore? Like what's happening? Because you look fresh to death right now. <laughs> what Lisa Skin is popping. Like, what's do. going on? Edges is You look so fresh, like- too. We both got new hairdos, okay? So <laughs> yeah. what had happened was um, I just decided, like, I do a lot of the same hairdos. Like, I always have a weave. I was like, I need to, you know, freshen it up. So I've decided to be more adventurous with my hair. And so now I've got half up, half down. I don't know what I'm going to do next. But I do yes. enjoy this one. So thank you for inspiring me, Lise. 
Yeah. Hey, we got to just go for it. And you know what the beautiful thing is, Janae, and I see you, you know, aside from us talking all the time, I see you on Instagram and tell me about your post about, what does it say? 30. What oh. is it? Wait, what was the post? Cause I'm, I'm about to mess it up. 30 under 30. 30 under 30. And that was Forbes magazine. Tell me yes. what, what, what is that sis? That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. So I was named um, one of the 30 under 30 people that are making moves, which is really yes. cool. Like the next generation, which is what we celebrate and we talk about. So to be named yeah. alongside a lot of other remarkable people that are just doing some great things, whether it's sports, entertainment, technology, they even had a social media category. It was really cool. So yeah, Forbes has a list and every year they name their 30 under 30 uh, candidates that make it and all that type of stuff. And I was, I was in there. So it was a blessing. That's so awesome. I'm so proud of you. Thank I'm so you. proud of you. You're you're making great moves. You're having an awesome impact on the millennials and the next generation. And that that's really what it's what it's all about is giving back, inspiring that work ethic that you have, and looking cute while doing it. You know, it's all <laughs> up my alley. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. You know, energy is contagious. It's that spirit that I love about you, Lise. And I feel like this, this is so fitting because it's our final episode of the season. And I think today we, we should really spend some time reflecting because, you know, when you make it to a milestone, you got to reflect, be thankful, count our blessings. Mm-hmm. And, and so I feel like today we should really talk about the holiday season. Yes. Yeah, so when you just look back, like you said, at the year, it's been... I don't even know. Crazy might be an understatement for what this year has yep. been. But, um, you know, we are, first off appreciate our fans because you guys rock with us day one. We appreciate you guys sharing sharing in uh, our learning and our um, fun and hopefully in- inspiration and being inspiring to you guys. But also the growth, like spreading the word, like doing a great job of just, you know, followers really loving our work. We've gotten so many five star um reviews. So we really do appreciate you guys. Uh, We know that we've been through a lot through this pandemic, uh, economic uncertainties, racial unrest, and basically uncertain futures of like, where are we going when it comes to COVID? Mm -hmm. And when do we get out of this? So we have so much to talk about, but we first off wanted to just thank you, our fans, for sticking with us, for helping us to grow our brand front and center. And we will be right back with more. All right, Lisa, let's take a look back at the year. So no matter how you look at it, we have really suffered through a lot of loss. This was a year like no other. There were a lot of highs in there, but I think a lot of people we're struggling because this situation that we're in, as you mentioned, when it comes with COVID, when it comes to social unrest, it has been a lot. And so first Mm -hmm. we have to like commend everyone for still persevering and pushing through. And I think we should just start, you know, this year, given that we're both athletes, you know, both players for the Sparks. And we started off the year, we have to just show respect and also homage to Kobe Bryant, just because that loss really touched us both so deeply. And I know it touched you very deeply as well, having known him pretty well. Yeah, I think the loss of Kobe um, starting 2020. um, Also, you know, we lost David Stern. So I think that happened a few weeks before Kobe. um, I also lost my uncle. 
Um, so I had experienced death back to back to back in January and February alone. But, you know, Kobe being just Kobe, you know, it's it's still not real that he's gone. And I mean, I think about and pray for Vanessa and the girls so much because I know that this year is about to come back around where it's been a year. And that's just unfathomable, really. So, you know, I'm still always going to be choked up about it. I don't know that you ever get comfortable or used to the fact that he's gone, but the impact, the positive things that he he left for us, the, you know, the mama mentality, the idea of, you know, that never give up mentality, the fact that we need to go after our dreams. He, I have to really focus on all the positive and the information and then be a catalyst and, and try and, and pass that information on to my son to make sure that he knows exactly what it takes to, to be a champion. So I always hold that dear, you know, to my heart. In fact, that, you know, he's my friend. You know that I love him. I love his family. I love his sisters. I love his mom and dad. Just, um, you know, the whole family, just, you know, a, a tragic loss, but also, um, thank God we have so much footage and words of wisdom that um, can always make us smile and that laugh and and then the photos, you know. So that's what I, I, I really hold on to. How, how about you and how do you deal with that? Yeah, I, I think you nailed it in the sense that the impact was just so profound, especially with Kobe in the sense that as female athletes, what he was doing was championing us in a way that we had never really seen before. It's not like the cliche way of like, oh yeah, go WNBA. Like he was actually walking the walk and talking the talk. He brought his daughter Gigi to the games. Uh, and I think that's also a part of the tragedy, knowing that we lost a future star in her as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's the impact. Like how amazing, how tremendous was it that as great of a player he was, one of the greatest. I mean, I'm here currently in the city of Los Angeles where there are people that will say he's the greatest of all time. I know mm-hmm. that's a whole other debate. But the impact in the short years after he had stopped playing, how much he really moved the needle for women's basketball players just by coming and being present, always being available, and also trying to show his daughters, we talk about girl dad, his daughters, that you can do anything. Like a lot of people put me on a pedestal for what I've done. Well, guess what? You're just right there able to achieve your dreams. And I think me coming from a, a family of, you know, only girls as well. And I know you have your sister, like it, it really just resonated differently, but it also, I think everyone felt amongst this women's basketball family, sports family, like carry mm-hmm. on the legacy. And I think that's what we can only hope that everyone takes that message from that horrible, horrible um, start to the year. And I even lost my aunt too in January. So yeah. having that type of loss going into a year that was like no other was absolutely hard. And before we get to what happened in March and April, I do want to acknowledge what did just happen in the summer as well. We lost, you know, talking about Hollywood stars and superstars. We also lost Chadwick Boseman. So -hmm. like in the city of Los Angeles to have our star, you know, on the court, but then also our stars on the screen, losing Mm -hmm. him. I know like for me, like as a Nigerian American seeing you know, being black and that blackness and that African pride displayed on such a grand stage that everyone loved it. It also like started eroding the stereotypes of what we thought something was and now built 
a foundation for what it should be seen as when it came to Black Panther and that type of pride. Like mm-hmm. those two things in just the city over the course of 2020 was hard. And I know you probably understood that as well because like the strength of the Black Panther, you know, <laughs> like that's oh, one, like those things we talk about. I know. It's the Black Mama you know, I think and the when Black you think Panther. About- Sorry. Yeah. When you think about Chadwick Boseman, I think it's kind of like, wow, like a person who's played so many amazing roles, you know, obviously Black Panther is like our movie. Like we, we finally saw ourselves in a place and in a space like, you know, of education, you know, of technology, just where Wakanda was, you know, in the world is like, yes, that's what we're all capable of. That's our people. You know what I mean? Like, we know it's just a movie, but that was the best movie that inspired us to see, if we will, even fictional, just what our ancestors were or could be, you know what I mean? Just in a way that was so believable. And then, you know, he also did, um, Jackie Robinson, you know, which was outstanding. So I just feel like that was a major blow for us. But at the same time, we have the legacy, we have the humble man, who he was as an actor, how he treated other actors and actresses on set, just those stories that tell you the humility and how humbled and giving he was that that's probably the part that I love the most from like, wow, I only got to meet him. If you remember that day at the all-star game, you remember he was courtside um, yes. when I was judging the dunk contest. So that was the first time I had ever met him and he was so kind even that day. Um, so, you know, oh, the, the heartbreak that we started this year out with, um, wow, it's been tough. And then you go ahead get to March and April. I mean, we just, Ooh, 2020 was a year of clarity in so many ways that we've seen the world in a way that we never thought we would see again. And that would be, you know, just the overall, the, the height of racism. Yep, exactly. Because as you mentioned, when we got to March, a lot of things started to change. And before we talk about what we're all dealing with with the COVID pandemic, obviously in March and in April, we saw the videos. We saw the video of Ahmaud Arbery. We saw the video of George Floyd. We started finding out the story of Breonna Taylor. There were protests around the country. There was a movement to hashtag defund the police, which by the way, that does not mean eradicate the police. It means appropriate some of the funds that are going to the police, maybe to resources that are better equipped to deal with maybe social issues that happen, domestic disturbances, programs, mental health, as you mentioned, it does not mean eradicate, it means reappropriate (laughs) the funds. And, And so as you look at this whole um, March that really transformed how the rest of the year would go, not just for COVID, but primarily for social justice. What do you see as impacting you? Because I think what, I guess I can even answer this to start, like, you know, being two black women, I think we were forced, we no longer could be willfully ignorant to what is happening. And this is anybody, anywhere, any color, any background, like, All of us were in our homes, all of us were watching these videos and all of us were talking about it and all of us had to make a decision whether this is what we want our society to be. And so I think that's what the fight for that recognition started to happen as we saw those names and we started to say those names in a way that people finally started hearing these. Yeah, I I think the way that America was confronted and then the world was confronted and you couldn't deny it because of the video. So 
here we are in a time where social media became an amazing tool uh, and an advocate for change. And in that, you could not deny what we saw happen to George Floyd. Breonna Taylor was murdered prior to George Floyd, but just the awareness that happened with George Floyd allowed us to come back with, you know, say her name and not me, of course, but just for that whole movement for her to be seen because we then talked about the Black woman being unprotected. And it took all of this other things to really allow Breonna Taylor's name to come back and be a part of that. And so what I think we saw was we were revisited by the voice of Martin Luther King, of Malcolm X, in ways that, you know, what are we going to do? Because we used to look at those black and white videos and go, ooh, I don't know what I would have done if it would have been me, you know, during <laughs> yep. those times. And they would have been trying to beat on us or they would have had dogs. We're always talking about how we wouldn't have been able to stand for it, right? But here we are in these moments confronted with it. And it was like, what are you going to do? You as in you, 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 me, anybody. And we had to stand up and use our voices and sacrifice. We made sacrifices because we put a lot on the line, whether it was, you know, you don't know if Nike was going to stay with us or Adidas with you. Uh, you didn't know if you're going to lose deals, your endorsement. I didn't know if I was going to lose, you know, my, my position at CBS Sports Network. Like we had to put aside what we are and what our careers are for who we are as a people and what we represent. And so, you know, being a mother, I'm like, I can't sit here and my children are watching this and you're just like, when they look back and go, mom, oh yeah, what, what did you do during this time? I'm like, oh no, I was writing. I, you know, I wrote my, my letter, Dear America. I was, you know, we did CNN and CNBC and any interviews we could do to make sure that our voices were heard because we knew that we had to be able to speak for the community. And I appreciate um, the fact that we did have all these opportunities, but I do also appreciate we have the fact to educate others because I don't, I do believe that there is a smaller percentage of people who are truly racist. It could be about 7 million, but I do think it's a smaller percentage of people who are racist in this country um, I say that jokingly, but who are racist in this country? And I just believe there's more of us who really want to do the right thing and want to see a better America. And so I thought we as Black women participated well. I thought our communities, as we saw during the pandemic, all of the protesting that happened across the world spoke volumes that we are not going to uh, return to a time where there's not equality. And it's like, you know, you hear that song, like, do you see me? I see you. You see me. Like, we we are here. We're all people. And God knows how we all ended up in different colors. Probably thinking that was like the lead. That's like different birds and different, you know, different animals and different colors. Like, there's they don't discriminate against each other. And, and we have to get past that. And so I just thought it was an amazing time that God allowed us to have to stay still during a pandemic, be mm -hmm. still, and see and have clarity on what we saw. So, and you know what they call uh, that? That was amazing. 2020 vision. 2020. We had vision. to see that. Yes. We had to see that. That was this was the year and we all saw it. And you know what's crazy as you were saying that you were just talking about like we were protesting in the pandemic. I was just like, whoever thought we would say that like in 2020, we're going out there in the middle of a pandemic 
And we feel compelled even in that situation. And I know it was a lot of young people who felt like, like they were quarantining by themselves and making sure they're safe. But like in 2020, we never knew starting the year that we would be protesting like that in droves. And I think they said it was the biggest protest globally we've ever seen mm-hmm. in a pandemic. And, and mm-hmm. pandemic is like, now we're so comfortable talking about it because in 2020, we had COVID-19. And mm-hmm. oh, why did I say past tense? We still got COVID-19 issues out here. And so like this year, you know, doing all these things and coming to all these realizations, also adapting to a world where you are at home by yourself like, mm-hmm. or, you know, that's me, you, you are teaching your children virtually, you're going to school, you know, a lot of people now we're working, like Lisa, you and I used to live on flights and right. your husband <laughs> literally lives on flights. And now yeah. we are homebound, which has been a blessing to be able to be home with the family. Like I never thought I'd get four months with my family at home. Like that to me was the blessing in disguise, yeah. but you know, with COVID and the numbers still surging Mm-hmm. And us, America, the U.S., with like so many resources to still see how we are still afflicted with how to manage this virus. Like, what do you make of where we are now and hopefully where we're going, Lise? You know, to be really transparent and honest, I just feel like we are we as Americans are so. What's the right word? Privileged. We are not disciplined like. I look on social media, people are having birthday parties and at the club having parties and that's just us. And then there's other people um, out. People are just out shopping with masks on, like not grocery shopping. That's a necessity, right? We need groceries. But shopping for Christmas gifts, like we just got to understand this is a different time. Order online if you can do that. I mean, I just feel like we don't have the discipline to see that this is a pandemic and therefore you can die. Like if you don't really take it serious and it just, it's just amazing to watch that we don't have the discipline to really stop doing what our normal lifestyles are and sit down somewhere. Like you got to sit down, you got to stay inside. Like we don't have the discipline for that. And therefore we have what, I mean, the numbers are, beyond off the charts. I mean, millions of people are dying and we're talking about thousands like in a day. It, I mean, it's, it's really, and that leads, and that really <sighs> Lisa leads to the next thing because you know, we're in look based on what we've talked so far, add in like we have the social justice protests, we have the pandemic, and then you add in an election year. And oh. in this election, <laughs> what was actually the most important part that moved the needle was health. Health was the number one topic. Health was what created us a situation where we have a transition now, a new presidential administration. And my goodness, like you and I, we are TV people. Okay. We love house of cards. We love scandal. We love how to get away with murder. I never knew that an election cycle this year could have been this lengthened. You know, like we're yeah. watching TVs 24-7. We're not sleeping. We're we're watching John King do his thing on the big board, breaking down counties. Like this Man. was real life, like no better word, political theater. And so given all that we have balanced, we had to do, you know, we had to go and vote and we had to push the messaging of voting. And mm-hmm. now we have the history in Kamala Harris. And I believe yeah. probably the oldest man to enter office. But again, Lifetime Achievement Award, because this man you know, didn't ask for this, but he felt like it was his responsibility. He was compelled to help lead in this time where we need leadership mm-hmm. in a unique way. Again, like pandemic and all that type of stuff. 
And so now we're in this situation where, you know, we dealt with an election cycle. And, and so it just sort of blows my mind how far we've come and what it has amounted to. Because if there is a breath of fresh air, it is that we've completed something. We've done our democratic duty, Lisa. Like yeah. we went out and we voted, even if it was voting, you know, um, through mail or through, you know, I was a poll worker, an election yeah. clerk, and we did curbside voting, whether it was reporting on, like, we found a way in the midst of everything to do what was important, and that is voting democratically. And to me, that was like one of the biggest wins in 2020, that we were still able to keep everything in balance to do what we needed to do. Yeah, I hear you. I, I agree with everything you're saying. Um, it was a profound year to have gone through all that we have and have to figure out how to get folks who've never voted registered to vote, to get a new 3 million voters who had never voted because they turned 18 registered to vote, to get our communities to move and recognize that our votes do count regardless of what you heard. Like it was so much happening. And listen, we fought, we, the people, we, the black women, we, (laughs) we, the brown women, like we fought hard to do something that had never been done in history. And we used our voices. We used our platforms. We used um, our knowledge. We used our attitudes at time. We used everything in our being to move that needle. And we feel like the Democratic Party, they definitely owe, and I mean owe, as in we did something for you, you owe us something. So we have to recognize as the voters now that our job is just starting. Yes, we got you know, the Madam Vice President, (laughs) Kamala Harris, you know, something that we asked for. We have Biden, you know, who is going to be in office soon, but there's still so much work to be done. And we have to get rid of our systemic racism. We have to get past this whole red lining. We have to get better education in our communities, better access to food. There's so many different things, Uh, healthcare, obviously at the top. So, there's a lot that we're asking for and we're not done. And it's important for us to continue to move that. So we have to give big shouts out to Stacey Abrams, to yes. uh, Latasha Brown, you know, all the women who have been moving this needle years before the rest of us started joining in and understanding the urgency of it. Um, but also for all the newcomers who are like, hey, how can I help? What can I do? Um, so we are so appreciative of all of those um, different organizations. And then obviously us for you know, more than a vote and being a part of that and being able to still participate. So we have so much to do, but listen, it's about change. It's about um, us continuing this fight to improve our communities and welcoming new people that don't look like us to be a part of this fight. We welcome you. We appreciate your support and your voice. And we are working for the future generation. And that's really what it is. And what I feel that happened with this democracy is the fact that it was a democracy. We had a chance for people to get out and vote and the people's votes were heard and we're moving on and we're moving ahead. Absolutely. You know, this year it started off with a lot of challenges, but I do think that the spirit that we have shown is that we care about one another and we care about each other. Even if that means the only way we'll see each other is on Zoom or just checking in and texting. (laughs) And so I want to just stay there, Lise, because there have been small victories here that I think have really helped us feel good about ourselves warmed our heart in 2020. While out here, like 2020 has given out some crazy scenarios, 
we have found ourselves in a way that I think will help us for the future, spiritually, you know, physically, emotionally, just being mm-hmm. creative with how we see our lives because for so long we've been tunnel vision. So, you know, especially, you know, in the holiday spirit, um, me personally, I, I just feel extremely grateful, like I said, to have had months at home. Like I never thought I'd be able to, I'm on my grind, you know how it is. Like when you're on your grind, flying place to place, working, grinding hard, I always say you grind in the darkness, hoping that your work comes to light. Like when you're on that grind, you sometimes need to take a deep breath. And going home for the four months, I had not been home like that since I graduated high school. My whole family yeah. had not been home in the same city together since, shoot, NECA left for college. And that was in 2008. And so, you know, um, 12 years later, for us as a family to be together that way where I could just wake up and see my parents, like, it's so funny. I came to that recognition where, oh my gosh, like your parents went from being the disciplinarians to now my mom's like, I'm so proud of all you're doing. Like I'm cooking dinner. Like she, like just taking care of me. Like I was a little, like, oh man, my parents cute. Like, you know what I mean? So (laughs) that to me was a blessing. And then also you know, one of the hardest things that I had to do was decide to not play this past season in the WNBA just because of my injuries. And so just to protect my body, considering we haven't had access to gyms and trainers and doctors and all that type of stuff. So I decided not to play the season with the short little runway to return. And in turn now, you know, working this radio show has really been a blessing because now I get to amplify the voices of the women that normally wouldn't have a seat at the table. Just Mm. my, you know, existence was able to like say, hey, hey, let's talk about them too. And hopefully that perspective has really helped expand the perspective of sports fans who normally wouldn't get that. So for me, those have been my biggest blessings and getting that perspective and most importantly, just getting that rest. Like, you know, I think we all needed that spiritual rest and that has helped me with clarity in that 2020 vision. But how about you? Like, what have been your biggest blessings amidst all the chaos of this year? Um, I think, but you know, I'm, I'm such a family person. So to be around my family is normal for me to be with my husband daily. We work across from the same desk. So, um, that part is normal, but I really think the blessing for us has been that no one's gotten sick. I mean, when you look at the news and what people have been through and the fact that people have been dying and losing parents and losing children and losing loved ones. And the fact that we've been able to be healthy, I mean, you almost feel like, Amen. you know, God has his hand on you and you're just lucky you don't get it. I mean, that just seems like everywhere you look, somebody has COVID-19 or has a loved one that is losing a battle with it. So that's probably been the biggest blessing, I think, personally. But when I think professionally, we've been able to do amazing things uh, in the real estate market because of the pandemic, you know, people have either decided they wanted to buy houses or people wanted to sell their homes. And then, you know, with our own properties, you know, we also invest, we have four, but we have six investment properties, but, uh, you know, through Airbnb, that's been like an amazing level of profit because people are trying to get out of the North and come down to the South. So, um, we've been able to be very prosperous, um, support in our investments, you know, (laughs) What do you say? I said support black businesses. Let's go. Yes, yes. Thank God for that. And so we've been really, and then me, you know, again, I have five jobs and to be able to have all those jobs has still been amazing. And to be an ambassador, you know, an endorse, still have endorsement. I think the only thing that I didn't do this year, the only check I'm missing basically is from the big three (laughs) because the big three got canceled, you know. That's the only job I didn't do, which is a blessing. I mean, I've still been doing speaking engagements, you know, 
Allison's amazing. I, I got to give my give our agent some love. She 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 does a great job with everything that we have going on and just having these business opportunities still while zooming and here and just changing my hair and makeup, you know, and a, and a top. Uh, it's been a blessing. So I, I have nothing to complain about. Thankful for financial stability in the midst of um, pandemic that. I mean, we are really living this in our lifetime. Like this will be written in history books. Like we're a part of something that things that we read about, you know, when you heard about the, yeah. the plague and the pox when they first came out, you know, this is yeah, like, they're going to be talking about COVID, COVID-19. We pray to God we just make it all the way through it. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. That is the prayer. All the positive energy, all the positive vibes. God keeps showering your blessings upon us and our listeners. You know what I mean? We got to put all those things out there. But, you know, I I really think it's fitting because we always end the show with rapid fire. And I feel like since we're family, especially this holiday spirit, we should do it ourselves. I'm excited for this. So you ready for some rapid fire, Lise? Let's go. All right, Lisa. What is your favorite holiday movie? Ooh, that's a good one. The Preacher's Wife. Ooh, you remember that? With Whitney Houston, God rest her soul with... Uh, Denzel Washington, and that was by the late, great um, Penny Marshall. You remember The Preacher's Wife with Denzel Washington? I don't Washington? think I've watched it, but I will watch it very soon. Oh, you got to watch that. That's good. Um, okay, so what's your favorite Grinch. holiday movie? The Grinch. The Grinch? Like, I think it's with Jim Carrey. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, where yeah. Where he's the Grinch. That one I grew yeah, up Jim on. Yeah, Jim Carrey's like, bomb. <laughs> super funny and creepy, and I love Jim Carrey. And by the way, Lehu Zeha. I don't know if you ever saw that on SNL when he came on and did that. I was like, oh, yeah. I love him. No. <laughs> Fire Marshal Bill here. I'm really dating myself. You don't even know who Fire Marshal Bill is, do you? Nope. From In Living Color. Some oh, of no, our viewers, though. Some of our viewers, though. You know, she's a, she's. this is my mentee, so she don't really know all the stuff, y'all. <laughs> but y'all got it. <laughs> okay, so listen up. What is your uh, favorite uh, holiday album or song? Easy. Anything that's Mariah Carey for Christmas. She owns Christmas. Like, Karma. I know. Mariah Queen Carey Mariah, like, that's easy. How about you? I'm going to take it all the way back to the Jackson 5s. Jackson 5. Yes. Santa Claus is coming, coming to, town. to town. Santa Claus is coming to town. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I love one. the Jackson 5s. That, that, I know that's, them, that's the okay? real song. So put some respect on my name. I know the Jackson 5. Okay. Oh, now, good. Um, okay, good. Lisa, what is your favorite suite? to eat throughout the month of December. Ooh, sweet. Oh, I'm going to have to go with the peach cobbler. Thank you, Auntie Patty LaBelle. Love you. Yes. That peach cobbler. Don't sleep on that peach cobbler. You can get it at over at Walmart. <laughs> look, look, talk about that because if we're going to shout out Patty LaBelle, we got to shout out the Patty Pies because her sweet potato pie, that thing is popping. Okay. It's popping, right? Popping. I'm trying to think December. I really don't know, but like my family's big ice cream. So maybe it's just like ice cream. I don't, oh, don't really do My desserts. kids have like, ice cream. That ain't even nothing special. They get ice cream is like, that's normal. Daddy, can we have ice cream? They want they want ice cream every weekend. It's so funny. My dad is the biggest ice cream fan in our family. Oh. So what is Michael. your uh, guilty holiday pleasure? Oh, let's see. Guilty holiday pleasure. Guilty holiday pleasure? I know. While you think, our oh, families- I know what it is. My guilty holiday pleasure is online shopping, but then I put all this stuff in a cart, but I never buy it. <laughs> what? Then what do you do? I don't know. I think it's the thrill of shopping, but I'm like, you know what? I'm so practical. After I put all this stuff in my cart, and then I'll go back in the cart, 
And I'd be like, I don't need that. I already got that. I got one in blue. I got one in black. Like, I don't even need it. So I enjoy the shopping. And then I just put it, well, I don't technically put it back. I just close the window. <laughs> That's funny. Um, How about my you? guilty, my, our family's guilty holiday pleasure is that we open our presents the night before Christmas. What? All of them are just one each. Like as we grew older, so like maybe when I was eight, starting eight, nine, ten, like we'd be so excited for Christmas morning, but we'd want to go to church early in the morning because, you know, church, Christmas mass is like packed. So we'd try to go like, we started realizing it's better for us to go like at 8 a.m. at 7.30 a.m. But you got to wear your Christmas fits, which means if you're going to get your Christmas fits, you got to open your presents way early. And then we just decided to open them the night before so that we'd be ready for Christmas. And then on Christmas day, guess what? We spent all day playing. So it sort of has worked for our family. Oh, okay. That's a little cheat code. Little cheat code. Now, um, Lisa, last but not least, what do you hope will be front and center in your life in 2021? Oh my God. Well, I, I, I just, this is a prayer for everybody. We just need for COVID-19 to have a cure, a vaccine and for everybody to be whoever needs it. Cause I'm not saying I'm taking the vaccine Cause I'm like, or you should only get a vaccine if you, I don't know, but I hope that everything is cleared out and we can come outside and play again. That's what I'm hoping for. Amen. Amen. Health and safety for sure. I'm here for that lease. And like, you know, that, I think that comes number one. And then selfishly, Mm -hmm. I hope I get myself a man, like somebody certified, not like quarantine boo. 2021 Uh, is the year. Cause like Year 30, I want to be like engaged. You know, that's a cute time to no, be No, no, no. That's the worst thing you get to see. Now I got to turn into your mentor again. <laughs> Don't start putting these numbers on your mind about what age. Just stay in prayer, stay open, and date that's what people I'm doing. until you find yourself in an exclusive I situation. I 100% will do that. I got you on that. I'm just saying, I'm hoping 2021 is the year that it all comes together. You know? All right. Well, we're going to pray. We're going to put it. We're going to put a word on you for today. This has been so much fun. Front and center with our fans. We made it through, Janae. We did. We have reached the end of the road. I always sing that. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Um, So once again, thank you to our listeners for hanging out with us these last 12 weeks. Wow, this podcast has meant everything. You know, we've always talked about it ever since I met you back when I was at Stanford. And then, you know, you became my real, real family and mentor when I uh, became a pro. And we always talked about collaborating. And this has been so beautiful. But um, again, like this is just the beginning. Lise, I am so lucky to be your mentee and I cannot believe it. That's a wrap. It's official. Thank you for listening to us 12 weeks straight. It's been so much fun. And make sure you continue to listen to all of our podcasts. You can find them on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to our podcast. You can follow Lisa Leslie on social media. At Lisa Leslie on Instagram, on Twitter, on What's the other one called? Oh, yeah. TikTok. Wherever you want to find me. I'm just at Lisa Leslie. The TikTok queen in yes. the building. And you can follow me at Chanae, C-H-I-N-E-Y, everywhere on social media. And you can also email us if you'd like to do that as well. Front and center at bluewirepods.com. Again, that is front and center at bluewirepods.com. Happy holidays and happy new year. Chris Mavana, Kwanzaa Kush. Bye. Bye. <laughs>